0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We have been talking about being positive in a negative world. That's what this sermon series has been about. It's called Stay Positive. And uh, we have been talking about how we can look for positivity. Now, how many of you know that our words matter? We never know what God is going to do with the word that we speak to someone, right? How many of you have had someone, you've been having a horrible day and someone says something to you that kind of brightens your day? You ever had that? You ever been having a really great day and somebody said something that totally sent your mood into the pits? You ever been there? Yeah. How many of you struggle with your words? Anybody ever do that? I really struggle sometimes because I have a really gift for sarcasm. Uh, I don't know if that's an actually spiritual. I know. I don't know if it's a spiritual gift, but I'm really good at being sorry. I can say some really mean things when I want to, and I have to really rein that in. You know, and sometimes when people say, are you sick? I'm like, no, like you're really quiet. <laughs> i like, yeah, I'm just trying not to say something right now, so I'm just going to just not say. So if you ever notice I'm being really quiet, it's probably because I'm trying to, you know, not say things. Um, And it's not always mean. It's just I think it's funny, but then it hurts people's feelings, so it's not funny. So, well, here's some things you never want to hear a surgeon say. Now, you're not going to hear it usually because you're out, but your family might hear this. So, better save that. We're going to need that for the autopsy. You don't want to hear that. Uh Somebody call the janitor. We're going to need a mop. Like, Bo, come back with that. Bad dog. Yeah, like. (laughs) Wait a minute. If this is a spleen, then what is that? You never want to hear that. Hand me that um, thing over there. You never want to hear your surgeon say that. Oops, I just lost my watch. <laughs> Everybody stand back. I lost my contact. I don't want that. What's this doing in there? You never want to hear that. The floor is clean, right? <laughs> uh, has anyone seen where I left that scalpel? Yeah, those are things you never want to hear when you're, uh, when you're in surgery or someone in your family is in surgery, right? Because words matter, Right? Words, <laughs> sometimes in the ambulance we'll say something like, oh, wait, we probably shouldn't have said that in front of the patient. Um, so we want to make sure that we're using words right. So we know that words that we say can be good, right? But they can also be bad. In Proverbs chapter 18, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn there. If you have the Version Bible app on your phone or your tablet, you can go there and you can hit the events tab and all the notes are there. Now, this is something that Solomon wrote. Solomon, who was one of the wisest men to ever live, wrote this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21. He says this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So can words be good? Yes. Can they bring life to people? Yes. We can use our words to encourage, but we can also use words to bring death In other words, we can really hurt people, right? Our words can bring build people up. They can tear people down. Our words can build up our family. They can tear down our family. They can build up our spouse. They can tear down our spouse. And we never know what God is going to do with one simple word we say. Guys, if we're using our words to encourage and build others up, that one word might change the trajectory of someone's life forever. Most of us are here today because someone spoke to us about Jesus. Maybe they invited us to church. Maybe they said something that got into us and and God used that to plant a seed. But most of us are here because someone said something. So today we want to talk about how to use our words to encourage others and how we can actually use words to encourage ourselves. Because sometimes we need encouraged, right? Yeah. So what I just pray this morning you would speak to us and help us to use our words for good and not for harm. Lord, I pray that you would just plant a seed in our hearts today to be an encouragement to someone else. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to really quickly look at the story of Job in Job chapter 16. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. But Job chapter 16. So the story of Job is an Old Testament story. It's actually chronologically one of the oldest stories in the Bible Uh, It's about a man named Job who's a righteous man. He had a wife and he had several kids and he had a lot of farm, uh, a lot of land, a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep. He was a really wealthy man. And one day Satan was talking to the Lord. and He said, yeah, you know, the Lord said, hey, check out my servant Job. He's an incredible guy. This is paraphrased. Um, But he said he's an incredible guy. And the devil's like, oh, he only does that because you have given him so much. If you let me take his stuff, he'll curse you. And that didn't work, so and he said, well, if you let me hurt him physically, and, and so it kind of goes through this. So Job lost everything in a really short amount of time, and so Job's friends came, and at first they did really well. I said that they realized that Job's grief was too great for words, so they just sat in silence. How many know sometimes the best thing you can say is nothing, right? So I, I had this problem, I feel like I have to fill space with words, and so I, I talk, and Sometimes it's like my mouth is falling down the stairs and I just can't stop, right? You ever been there and you ever hear yourself telling yourself just shut up, stop talking, stop talking, right? Um, so Job's friends did that. At first they were really good and they just sat in silence. But then they started telling himself, like, well, you're suffering because you sinned. You're suffering because you did something really bad. You're suffering because, and so here in Job chapter 16, verses 2 through 5, Job finally has enough. And he kind of lets his friends have it. He says, I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Everyone say that to somebody. (laughs) You're really bad at this. Go away. Right? Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? I've always wanted to say that a few times too. (laughs) What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same thing if you're in my place. But listen to this. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. Job said, if I was in your spot, I would try to encourage you. I would try to take away this grief that you have. So Job is saying that we can actually use our words to encourage others. We can use our words to take away grief, or we can use our words to pile on. So today, what we want to do is look at how we can use our words to encourage others. So we never know, and here's the thought I want you to think about today. We never know what the person sitting across the table from us is battling. We never know what fight the person we're talking to is in because all of us have fights and battles in our lives, right? And we never know what someone we're talking to is going through. We never know how God can use the words we're saying to help them through that battle or how Satan can use our words to tear them down, right? So the reality is conversations can be beneficial or hurtful. We can use words to build up or tear down. I know you're saying, wow, this is great. I didn't know that before. <laughs> but a lot of times we don't actually think about this. Now check this out. Andy Stanley quoted a study by uh, the Gottman Institute. This is a, a research place. And they researched conversations. They went through this big, long study and researched conversations people have. And they, they came up with a ratio of positive to negative in our normal everyday conversations. You want to take a guess what the ratio is, positive and negative things that we say to others? Six to one. Yeah, it's in the notes, right? (laughs) Six to one. Good job. He's a college student here coming up. He's got this figured out. I would do that too. I would go through. Does anybody know the answer? Yeah, I do. It's right here in the book. They thought I was smart. Yeah, six to one. For every one encouraging word we say, we usually say six criticisms. That is insane. And this is like with our family. We criticize our kids six times more than we encourage them, our spouse, our coworkers. In a normal everyday conversations, we tend to say six times more negative than positive. Now, do we have to encourage people? Yeah. Do we have to criticize and rebuke sometimes and correct? Absolutely. But that's a really rough, really, really rough ratio. How do you think that affects our spouse? We're negative six times more than we're positive with our spouse. What would happen if we flipped that over, right? How about with our kids? How about with our boss or our employees? How about as coaches? (laughs) I'm a coach. I I coach basketball, and I know I have to like, I have told you a hundred times not to take that shot, right? I mean, we say that sometimes. Um, So we have to think about that ratio, and so that explains a lot of the problems we have in our lives, how many of you know sometimes our kids feel like they can't do anything right, so what do they do? They stop trying. How many of our employees, they're like, well, if I can't do anything right, I'm just gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna take my ball and go home, right? So, some of these things that our spouses, sometimes our spouse feels like they can't do anything right, they can't do anything to please you or me or them, and so what do they do? They quit trying. But if we flip that over, we can build those up. So we have the opportunity to build up or tear down. So this lack of balance causes problems. This lack of balance causes problems in our relationships. It causes problems in our workplace. And so oftentimes we hurt more than we help. And we all have like these circles of life, right? These these layers of people around us. We have our closest family and we have our close friends and relatives. And then we have just people we we encounter on a daily basis And all these are affected by this lack of balance, this lack of encouragement. And so if we want to change the way that the people around us live, we have to change the way that we talk, right? But encouragement gives us opportunities. Being an encourager gives us opportunities to build people up. It gives us opportunities to do things. And it also brings opportunities for us to be encouraged. Listen to what Solomon says in Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, this happens like when we're generous with our money, right? If you're generous, God gives it back. It also happens the same way in our conversations. If we are generous with compliments and encouragement, it comes back on us. Now, please understand, I'm not saying we need to be a flatterer of people, right? I'm not saying, oh, you're so pretty. You wouldn't have to say that stuff all the time. That helps some, but I'm not saying just give false compliments. But what we do is we look for good things to say. We look for positive, right? So it gives us opportunities to build people up. It gives us opportunities to share the gospel with people. It creates healthier atmospheres in our relationships. And I love in the message translation, it says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And in Romans chapter 12, Paul talks about using the gifts that we have to do good. And one of the gifts he talks about is a gift of encouragement. He said, if your gift is encouraging others, encourage them in the Lord. Now, some of you have that gift of encouragement. You're just naturally good at that. Some of you think I'm going to say you have a gift of discouragement, and that's not a gift. <laughs> but some people are really good at discouraging others, right? So we have to be careful, but we need to use that gift. So, so the principle of encouragement works like this. And there's a reality of encouragement. All of us need encouragement. The reality is every single person needs encouragement. Kathy Truett, who's the owner of Chick-fil-A, says there's an international sign that someone needs encouraged. If they're breathing, they need encouragement. <laughs> he said every single person out there needs to be encouraged. And we could be that person, right? Craig Rochelle, who's a pastor, says if you think something positive, say it. I like that. If you can think of something positive to say about someone or to someone, say it. If you're, yeah, uh, if you're at a restaurant and the busboy is doing a great job, hey, you're doing a great job getting those dishes. Way to go! <laughs> you know what they usually do? Thank you. Well, they have no idea. Yeah, they think you're weird because you're saying something nice to them, right? Just find something good to say and say it. It's not going to hurt anything, unless they're doing something wrong. they will say, hey, great job. You know, great job running that person over. You know, you even backed over them. That was really well done. You know, don't say that. But if you can find someone doing something good, encourage them. It helps. The reality of struggles is that we all have struggles, right? Have you ever struggled with something before? Yeah. We all have that. So the reality of is this, guys. We all need encouragement and we all struggle so, there's a lot of opportunities to be an encourager, right? There were two guys that were trying to figure out the height of a flagpole, and they were trying to figure out how to measure it. And so, this lady walks by and she says, Are you guys struggling a little bit? Looks like you're having a hard time. They said, Yeah, we're supposed to find the highest flagpole, but we don't have a ladder to get up there. So, this lady reaches into her purse and takes out a wrench, and she unscrews the bolt at the bottom of the flagpole and lays it over. Grabs a tape measure, measures it for him, says it's 18 feet tall. There you go. And she walks off, and the guy's like, stinking woman. We asked for the height, she gave us the length. Like, (laughs) sometimes you just can't do anything right for people, right? But we all struggle. And so, guys, all the men in the room have one of the same struggles. Every single man I've ever met has this question in the back of her mind says, Do I have what it takes? Every guy in the world struggles with this at some point. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes to be a husband? Do I have what it takes to be a dad? Do I have what it takes to do my job, right? All of us struggle with that. So we can all encourage other guys in that, right? Ladies, you can encourage men. Yeah, you're doing a great job. You're doing good at that. Men want to know that they're appreciated. And women, you have a powerful voice to encourage your husband to encourage your sons in that. And sometimes we talk to people and they say, oh, you know, my husband is not a spiritual leader in my home. My husband's not good at this. You know what you can do, ladies, if he's not? Every time he does something good in that, encourage him in that. Notice it. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to do it more, right? They're going to do more of that. So, and ladies all have the same questions, what research says. Ladies want to know, do you notice me? Ladies want to be noticed. Men want to be appreciated. Women want to be noticed for what they do and who they are. And so, again, men, you have an opportunity to encourage them in that. If your wife gets a haircut, say something about it. Don't take a week to notice it. That's not a good thing, right? If they get their nails done, notice it. You have a, men, you have an incredible opportunity with your wives, with your daughters, with people in your life to encourage them, to notice them. Why do you think so many young ladies are being sexually active at such a young age? They want to be noticed. And if people aren't noticing them, if their dads or brothers aren't noticing them, they're looking for that someone else. So we have an opportunity. The reality is every single person struggles. Everyone has to have an opportunity to pour into their lives, to be a voice of encouragement to them and to show them that Jesus cares for them and other people notice them, right? So what's the power of encouragement? Here's the thing, guys. People often rise or fall to the level of our words. Our husbands, our wives, our kids, they rise and fall to the level of our encouragement, the level of our words, the level of our expectations. So if you notice in sports, if a coach has high expectations for his team, what does the team usually do? They'll try to rise to that. If you have zero expectations, it's not going to go very well. You know, at the beginning of the season, the coach comes in and says, you know, we are absolutely a mediocre team, right? You know, we're going to be right at the bottom of the standings, and that's totally okay. What are they going to do? They're probably going to be right about there, right? But if you come in and say, hey, we can do this. We've got this and this and this. We can get there. A lot of times they're going to rise to those expectations. Same thing with our, our spouses, our kids, our employees, our coworkers. If we encourage them, say, hey, you've got this. You have the ability to do this. You're great at this. They're going to rise to that occasion. So check this out. In James chapter 3, starting in verse 7, it says, People contain all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does the spring water bubble out fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. In other words, we, if we are Christians, we're supposed to use our words for what? For good, to build others up, to encourage them, to show them that Jesus cares for them. And this, guys, this translates into every part of our life, into our families, our marriages, our workplaces. Uh, the CEO of Zappos.com, he's the guy that made this incredible shoe company. He said, bosses and coworkers should be asking, how are you doing twice as much as what are you doing? In other words, we, our employees need to know that we care for them. Our coworkers need to know that we care for them. Our neighbors need to know that we care for them. Our spouse, our kids need to know that we care for them. We can help our the people around us be built up, right? We can help them grow in their relationship with Christ. It's amazing. I had this guy that when I went to college, I was kind of struggling because I was a really new Christian when I went to Bible college. And I had this one friend that all the time said, hey, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in you. And it was crazy because All these other people would say, ah, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. But this one guy was an encouragement, and it really built me up a lot. And years later, I caught him, I told him, hey, that meant so much to me. He's like, really? That's cool. (laughs) He had no idea. But having someone say, hey, I believe in you, you can do this, was a big deal for me. And so we can be that to someone else. You can be that voice of encouragement to someone in your world. And like I said, you don't have to flatter them, don't say false things to them, but you can tell them who they are. Hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. Jesus has gifted you in this. You can do this. You can do this thing. And one thing we always tell people in our world, you know, when we're talking to someone who's dating someone and, you know, what do I look for? I always tell them, look for the way they treat a waiter or a waitress. Look for the way they talk to that person. Because the way they talk to that person is going to be how they're going to talk to you someday. Look for If they're a jerk to them, you need to get out of that. That's a red flag, Right? Because the way we treat others says a lot about our character. So we have an opportunity to build people up, and we never know what God is going to do with that one word of encouragement we can say. The Bible talks the importance of encouragement. The Bible talks about this all the time, by using our words to build others up, to be that person. But this is a challenge, right? There's a challenge for us. Why do we not build others up? Jeff Henderson says, many people don't feel good enough about themselves to let you feel good about yourself. That's why they're always saying negative things. So here's the challenge, guys to be that person that is the encouragement to others. Now, what about ourselves? What happens when we get down and we get discouraged? I love this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 30. We know David was a great king, we know that he was a great warrior. Well, one day David was out with his troops and some people came into their homeland and they sacked their town. They raided it. They took off a lot of their stuff and their families. They, they came and they kidnapped a lot of the Israelites' families. So they got back to town and they found their town was in ruins. Their families were gone. And the men turned on David. They were about to stone David. And it says this, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters they begin to talk of stoning him, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord. Now, actually in the Greek there, it said that David encouraged himself. It meant he told himself to be strong. The King James Version says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. So here's the thing, guys. Some of you may be in this room and you may not have people around you who encourage you. May not have people around you who say nice things to you. May actually may be the opposite. You may have people telling you constantly, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You're not very good. What can we do? That we can encourage ourselves in what God says about us. What does the Lord say about us? He says that he chose you, right? He says that he loves you, that he gives you his spirit, that he's called you according to his purpose. That he's working all things together for the good in your life. He calls you a royal priesthood, a chosen people. He calls you his son and daughter. So we can encourage ourselves in that. Even when everything else is saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can say, you know what, I can do this. The Bible says that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do this. The Bible says he will never leave me or forsake me. And that's what David did. David kind of gave himself a sermon. You ever done that before? I know I have to sometimes. (laughs) I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, and I just keep telling myself this over and over again, right? So we need to be that voice of encouragement to others, but sometimes we also have to be that voice of encouragement to ourselves. And so the whole reason we're doing this message series, guys, is that there is so much negativity around us in this culture, Everybody's saying the world's falling apart. You know, the Republicans are trying to take over the world. The Democrats are trying to take over the world. The squirrels are going to overrun everybody, right? I mean, there's just all this. The world's falling apart. But we can have optimism, right? Biblical optimism in Christ because we know that he's working everything good. We can have confidence in Christ because he's working everything together for the good. We can be encouraged in Christ because he's called us and he loves us. And he can use us to be that voice for somebody else. So here's the challenge, the application of this whole thing. I know I've given you a ton of information, but guys, we can change our ratio. We don't have to be that six negative to every one positive. We can flip that over. We can be six positive to every one negative, right? I heard one pastor says he tries to say 100 encouraging words to every negative word that he says. That's a lot. But this is something, guys, in my own life, I started this years and years and years ago because I remember um, I may have told you this, but I remember one day I was I was still a youth pastor, I was really young, Mamie and I were just married, and this kid came in and we were hanging out with some teenagers, and I said something really mean, just as a joke. It was just that, you know, that gift of sarcasm that I have. I said it as a joke, and I hurt this kid's feelings like terribly. I mean, I really, really hurt this kid. And you know that word God just kind of sometimes he just kind of really whoosh, convicts you really bad on the spot. I had that. And I just, the Lord spoke so clearly, like, look at what you just did to this kid's confidence. You know, and it was just a flippant remark. I didn't even think about it. It was actually a movie line. I quoted a movie line to him, but it was, it was very hurtful. And I just made a vow to the Lord. I said, from this day on, I'm going to use everything I can to be positive, to encourage people, to be that voice of encouragement. And that is something I do every day. I try to look for something positive to say in people's lives. Am I always great at it? No. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really bad at it. But I'm always looking for something good that I can say to someone to be a voice of encouragement. And it's always true. I don't say things that aren't, you know. Um, but I always try to look for something good to say to that person so we, we can try to give exponentially more compliments than complaints. Now, do we still have to correct people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have to tell someone when they do something wrong? Absolutely, but you can do it with love. The Bible says you can speak the truth in love, right? And so that's something you can do. So we can swing the other way to try to have more balance in our lives. What did your parents always tell you when you were a kid? If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all, right? Again, sometimes you're going to see me like, "Mm." I swear sometimes it leaks out my ear hole. Like I try not to say it and it still comes out somehow, but Sometimes you have to, but here's the thing, when you don't say anything, if you can't say anything good and you don't say anything, you know what you can do? You can pray. Pray for them. If you can't find anything good to say for them, pray for them. There are some people I pray for all the time, right? Like, just do something in them, right? So we can try to have more balance, and then we can look for good things to say. And this is the challenge I want to give you today. Look for good things to say. I'm gonna encourage you to find something good in your spouse and in your kids to say every single day. What would happen if we encouraged our spouse and encouraged our kids? If you don't have a spouse, if you don't have kids, someone in your life, what would happen if you found something encouraging to say to them every single day? Again, not you know, not making it up, not saying anything false, but just saying something encouraging to them or something positive to them every single day. What would that do? What would that do in our homes? What would that do in our workplaces? What would that do in our community? If people knew as Christians they were doing something good. And you know, we went to this motorcycle rally yesterday, and all we did was give out coffee and had books of hope there for them. Did we get up and preach a message? No. We just talked to them. We just shared love with them in a tangible way. And tried to find something good. I went out and, you know, found guys and talked to them about their motorcycles. Just tried to find something to talk about. And then eventually. You get to share Jesus with them. So if you can, if you're physically able this morning, would you stand?